This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to Bear Archery's Hunting 101 podcast, where hunters new and old come to learn and find inspiration from stories of hunts gone by. Everyone is welcome to enjoy the outdoor way of life, and there is no better time to start so let's head into the great outdoors with your host, Dylan Ray. All right. Thank you for joining us today on Bear Archery's Hunting 101. I am joined by Mr. Mike Pelletier of Hardcore Pursuits. Mike, how are you, man? Doing great. A little bit cold, but I'm doing good, man. Yeah. You were telling me about your weather. Um you know, before we started the call and uh, talk about a little bit cold, uh, you're sitting at negative 20, you said. Yeah, it's been like that for about 10 days. We're getting into the negative 20s, negative 30, and then, you know, our highs have been 3 degrees, 5 degrees, 8. Looks like it's going to last about four more days, and then we're going to get back into some normal 20s and 15-type degree weather. Good grief, man. See, our our lows right now are about 4 to 5 and uh yeah and i think next week we drop down uh to to about negative nine but um yeah i and i've been i've been freezing cold so i can't imagine uh how cold you guys must be man i go out to get some firewood and uh and i come in freezing cold ready for a cup of coffee um so i cannot imagine uh getting down to negative 20 negative 30. Yeah, it gets a little worse every year as you get older, and uh, but when you grow up with it and you're around it, you get kind of used to it. It's a different quality of life way up here. As I was telling you, I live straight north of where the Green Bay Packers play, about 120 miles in the Upper Peninsula, Michigan, and uh, we have it's a wonderful culture up here. Our summers, our falls, our springs are beautiful and amazing, but January and February really make you question why you live here once in a while. But the good outweighs the bad, that's for sure. So are you a Packers fan? I am not. Um, I'm, I live in Michigan. I've, I was a Lions fan, but honestly, I'm not really any fan of any pro sports anymore since they started all this political stuff. Yeah. I would never waste a Sunday sitting inside watching TV when I can be out in the woods in the fall. That's for sure. Yeah, that's true, man. I am a, uh, so there I'm a Razorback fan. I grew up born and raised in Arkansas. And uh, so I'm a Razorback fan, grew up about 40 minutes from the university there. And one time on a Saturday afternoon, I remember we were playing Texas A&M, and uh, that was when they had Johnny Menzel real good. And uh, and I was sitting in a tree stand, and 
it was a real close game. I don't remember if we had the lead or we were about to take the lead and something happened and, uh, and they scored and I had a bunch of does underneath me and, uh, and they scored. And I remember verbally yelling and, uh, <laughs> and all the deer cleared out and I'm like, okay, no more watching football in the tree stand. Yep. Um, same with church. Don't try to watch football or basketball during church because, uh, yeah, that just doesn't work. But, uh, nope. man, before we jump in, give me a quick introduction to yourself. Um, kind of what all you do uh you've been doing this for a while so uh so tell me how you got here tell me how you how you got started with all this and uh yeah man just a little bit about yourself yeah i'm a late 40s guy now i when i was about oh late 20s i decided that i wanted to get into outdoor television i had you know videoed some hunts as a teenager and hauled a big camera around with the big vhs tape in it and um, always enjoyed just trying to capture you know video of animals and you know hopefully some some good uh harvested deer and stuff like that and i don't know the outdoor tv scene started to get really big probably 16 17 years ago uh whenever that was um probably in the early 2000s and you know the outdoor channel got big sportsmen came onto the scene and there was a lot of shows on then and i just remember having had a couple buddies over having a few adult beverages when i was in my late 20s and i said i'm gonna start a hunting show seems like a lot of these guys are from the south and you don't really see anyone representing the north so i actually uh just made the investment into some equipment and put together some videos and some trailers and uh, started shipping out uh, DVDs to different manufacturers. Like, you know, one of the uh, heater bodysuit was one of them. And uh, True Fire Releases was down in Wisconsin from the original owners. And I just remember them responding back to me in a mail. We'd really like to get involved. I like what I see. Give me a call. And uh, that's when things started to get real. So um, that was... About 17 years ago, we are now filming our 15th season, and I make a full-time living doing it. And um, it's not that easy. A lot of what you see on TV are, you know, shows that have been backed by athletes and country music stars and big financial backing, and we are the opposite of that. And I think that's why we've had so much success over the years. A big, big part of... Um, you know, it's not all about just just making a video. You got to run. It's a, it's a business. You have to be able to sell sponsorships, and not only sell sponsorships, but be able to deliver results with, you know, incorporating manufacturers' products into the shows during the actual show. You know, to go along with commercial breaks and and that kind of exposure. But you got to be able to hunt. You got to be able to video. You got to be able to kill stuff, and you got to be able to keep sponsors happy. And I just had. Uh, my whole life, I've sold advertising and been involved in marketing. So um, I was kind of a weirdo to have all those skill sets that I could put together um, to make it all work. And it's worked out really well. Now, how long into this um, were you doing it full time? I had a job with Corporate America, a company called Charter Communications. I worked there. I got to my 25th year. I started very young. Um and when I hit that 25 year, I think that was seven years ago. And at that point, I decided, you know what, I'm going to retire from this job. And I'm going to put all my focus into improving the TV program and, you know, really zeroing in and 
focusing all my energy during the week on that. And I was traveling with that job all over the country, managing, you know, different groups of people in, in the Midwest, um, sales organizations. And so when I cut that out, it really gave me a lot of time to focus and take things to another level. And that's when things really, really started to improve. I could see a definite increase in, uh, you know, the quality, the sponsorship relationships, the travel plans, all of that. It worked out well. How many people currently um, are on the Hardcore Pursuit team, like filming for you, um, you know, in front of the camera? I Well, I have two camera guys. Um, we, the organization has changed a little bit. You know, when I started this, I was, you know, 30-ish, 28, 30-ish, somewhere in there. And I had a bunch of younger friends that weren't married, you know, kind of had flexible jobs, no kids, that kind of thing. And uh, as this thing has grown, a lot of those guys have families and kids and haven't been able to contribute as much. My co-host is a young guy named Mike Rasmussen. Well, he's not as young as he was. He was probably 20 when I started this, and now he's in, you know, mid-30s. And he's got a couple great little kids and a beautiful wife and a house, and he's an electrician. So he's really stays involved, but he hasn't been able to, you know, travel as much as I do now since it's my full-time job. So Mike's my co-host, been there since the beginning. We have a guy in Iowa, Corey Fritzler, who's a pro staffer. Guy in Illinois named Jeremy Leskowski, who's a pro staffer. We've got uh, the Briggs brothers in um, down by La Crosse, Wisconsin, that is a pro staffer. And then there's a gentleman up in the, believe it or not, someone that lives north of me, about two hours up in Houghton, named Josh Stein, who's also a pro staffer. So um, we, I run all the, you know, the adventure series shows where we're, you know, we'll leave in mid-August and go. Um, I'll pick up my camera guy. I got two camera guys that I uh, travel with. Most of the time, it's a, a guy named Jordan Girardi who came aboard, I think, six years ago. I started working with him. So I hire him for about half the year, and he's a really good partner. We, we hunt very well together. He's, he's a hunter, and he's also good with camera and everything. So um, that makes a big difference when you're spot stalking antelope and muleys and stuff like that. But I'll usually spend... Oh, I like to steelhead fish. Most people that know me know that I fish the Great Lakes steelhead quite a bit from late March, um, April, and in the beginning of May until the run's over. And then I start packing for my spring bear hunts. I usually head up to Manitoba and Saskatchewan for a two-week swing through through that area. And that, that'll usually kick off the season. And then I know that when I get home from that, which is usually about mid-June, that's when the work starts. That's when the packing starts. Usually by then we're all done with the sponsorship. We're all done watching, um, you know, the shows to proof them and make sure they air. We air third and fourth quarter, which is broadcast, you know, the, the second 26 weeks of the year, right away in July, right through the end of the year. So we're on 26 weeks. And by the time we start traveling, the shows have been proofed, watched over, make sure that we like the way they flow and there's no glitches or video technical difficulties. And then it's all focused on, you know, probably right around July 4th, it's pack. And that means going through all the camera gear, making sure that it's, you know, working right. We have enough batteries, SD cards, backups to the backups, and uh, packing a trailer. And it, it's a lot of work. And usually the first hunt is about mid, mid-August. And that, that'll usually be some kind of 
Western spot and stock, uh, you know, antelope in Montana is usually open then. Um, sometimes we hunt Utah for muleys, that's usually open then. And um, then we'll stick around hunting the West for probably August, September, sometimes into October. That's awesome, man. Um, so before I move on, I do need to give a quick thank you to my friends over at American Hunt. American Hunt is an, an Airbnb-style land leasing uh, where you can lease land by the day. So, uh, for instance, uh, when I take my family on vacation in Colorado and I think, man, I'd really like to go hunt, uh, but I don't have anywhere to go or I'd really like to go fish. Um, I can log on to American hunt, see all the properties in my area <clears throat> and I can lease land by the day, depending on what activity I want to do, fish, hunt, ride ATVs, camp, hike, whatever. Um, and so I can find in Colorado wasn't the best example because there's so much public land, but they have listings all across America. They even have some premium services where uh, you can hop on a private jet, fly to your outfit, uh, hop off and hunt, and then fly back. It's just an incredible thing. Um, so go check out AmericanHunt.com. Now, uh, Mike, run me through run me through your, your 2020 um, successes, your 2020 failures. Um, you know, what was big for did, – did COVID play a huge role in your 2020? Did it did – it, you know, cancel a lot of hunts. How did your 2020 play out? We had a tremendous year uh, this past filming season. It was it was one of the best. Uh, seems like the last three years have been, you know, 2018 was the best, then 2019 was a little better. But um, we did really well this year. And I, I did miss out on, I think, six, six different trips, six shows. That would have been two spring bear hunts in Canada because the border was closed. Um, then I missed out on a trip we had to Argentina to bow hunt red stag in April. And then uh, Saskatchewan rifle hunt, Alberta muleys, and Alberta moose. Those hunts all got a race. But honestly, one of the things that's really helped, you know, hardcore pursuit out is doing this for so long. I mean, I've, we're on 15 seasons, but we did about 17 seasons of filming. And in those times, we get partnered up with such great friends around the country uh, and Canada and um, landowners, farmers, ranchers, outfitters. And the thing that really helps us stay mobile is having everything we need. I got a eight, eight and a half wide by 24 foot trailer. We pull it with the diesel. We got it's got two sleeping areas in it. It's got shelving. Uh, I, too bad this wasn't a video. You'd see it. It's pretty impressive. I, I built a new one last year. So we have backups for all the hunting gear, broadheads, arrows, every piece of equipment you can imagine. We have backups to the backups. And the same thing goes with our camera gear. And we travel around. And it's so nice to have all these great relationships that say we say our swing is Montana. And then we're going to go to North Dakota and hunt whitetails. And then from there, we're going to go to Colorado and, you know, hunt muleys or something. We go to Montana, say we're supposed to be there seven days. We get our uh, animal and enough footage to make a great show for our one of our favorite outfitters. And then we're on the phone. Hey, we're done. Care if we come over to North Dakota? Get over here, you know. So that really helps out a lot. And when I was working for Corporate America, we couldn't really do that. So being able to just have all the gear, um, you know, packed into the trailer, a bunch of great connections, a bunch of great spots to hunt and being able to be flexible and go, it, it saves time, 
gives us, you know, maybe we needed more days on the next hunt, and that'll allow us to do that. And I always say we've got a trailer full of gear, a credit card, and a good attitude. We can go anywhere. <laughs> I like that, man. Uh, I like that motto and that that mindset and that way of thinking. Um, run me through now. Are you? Uh, what will you be shooting? for the 2021 season bow wise accessory wise you're a huge fan of the sk2 am i correct oh yeah that is one heck of a broadhead you know it's uh i really enjoy it bear came out with it a couple years ago and uh i tried it once we have an archery shop my wife and son and i that they they pretty much run but um we started selling them in there and having good results with them and uh, i started using them a few years ago and then they asked me to promote them and they're a great broadhead and i mean just to tell you just to tell you how great of a, a broadhead that is, we were hunting muleys in um, eastern Colorado this year in cornfields, spot and stock. Um, and, you know, a close, I always tell everyone a close shot at a muley is 50 yards. You, they usually hang out where there's not much cover. But we got into 80 yards, and this target muley that we had identified kind of started walking up and gave me a nice broadside shot. So I drew back and uh, sent the arrow and that SK2 went right through the middle of its shoulder blade and buried into the next shoulder. And he ran about 50 yards and fell over. And for a mechanical broadhead to get that kind of penetration is outstanding. And I'm not talking the back of the blade. I'm talking right through the heart of the shoulder blade. Obviously I wasn't aiming there. I was aiming a few inches back, but at 80 yards, you know, you kind of, have a little more margin for error but i'm really really happy with those broadheads yeah they are they are phenomenal man um i same same as you this year i shot a the deer weight um oh i don't even i don't oh what i i told myself i remember uh a big bodied kansas whitetail with the sk2 and uh it ended up busting through both shoulders and and up until this year, I've always been a, a skeptic of mechanicals, um, but my mind has changed for sure. Um, that that thing performed flawlessly, and uh, and next week, um, on on next week's episode, I've got a buddy Grant Ledbetter going to share a story about how he shot. Um, I, I don't remember how many animals, but he shot several animals with the same SK two. Um, and just kept washing it off and, and putting a, putting a clip back on it and shooting it again. And, uh, and one of them was a turkey at like 62 yards. Jeez. And uh, so just a phenomenal broadhead. Uh, run me through the rest of your setup. Um, I get, you know, whatever new bear comes out, I usually get them in early October to start using them. By then, we're usually whitetail hunting. Um, this year, there I had a status EKO that they came out. That was their... 20 model and 19 i believe great bow really smooth and then this year they came out with the redemption and i'll tell you the last four bear bows have been their best bow ever their high-end bow so i got to hunt in uh, oklahoma and south texas with the redemption and put a couple nice animals down and i'm very happy with it it draws really smooth almost zero hand shock and their bears are known to be fast they're very quick bows, just great for hunting. And I'm, you know, outside of uh whitetail hunt, being able to go out West and shoot, you know, 60, 70, 80 yards and get animals is pretty good. And I, I do love the bows for that. Now, what are you shooting um, accessory wise? 
on that bow. I'm a big fan of the Trophy Ridge React Pro sights. I like the seven pin myself. I'm very used to shooting it. I got that'll give me 80 yards. And in fact, I wish I had a ninth pin, but I figured out that my the top of the level bubble, I can put that on my target, and it's I think it's like 96 yards. There's a little bigger gap between the bottom pin and that. So that's a great sight. You sight it in at 20, then you back up to 30 and adjust the rest of the pins, and it sights all the rest of the pins in for you. It's awesome technology. I've been shooting those since they came out. Um, they come out with a really nice drop-away rest that uh, you can lock your arrow in. So whether you're on a spot and stock, your final steps, or you're, you're running over a hill to get in front of something, you know, your arrow's not going to fly out. So those, and then the this year I tried something unique. I, they came out with this uh, stabilizer system that you got your front stabilizer, and then you got one to create some um, back balance. And one of the guys at the archery shop was setting the last year's bow up, and he put that on there as kind of a joke because I don't like anything extra on my bow, and they know that. But he put that on there, and I shot it in my range a couple times. I was like, wow, this feels really good. So I've actually been hunting with that setup, and it's been phenomenal. Yeah, I've been using the uh, the uh, Hitman stabilizer kit. Yep. Um, for a couple of years now, and and I uh, I enjoy a ten inch out front with a six inch uh, in the back. I know they come as a ten and eight set, but uh, I've switched out the eight for a six, and that just offered me the best balance. and And I've really really enjoyed it. Um, just a, a fantastic stabilizer system. So I have a question for you. And, and yes. For somebody who's been with Bear for so long, um, what have you seen change over the years with Bear Archery? Uh, Because I've only worked with the guys for about four years now, and even myself have seen strides um, taken and and just such incredible improvement in the company and the bows. And and, uh, I actually did a podcast one time about three years ago, and the title of it was What Happened to Bear Archery? And, uh, and, and so for somebody who's been with the company for, you said 12 years, is that correct? Yeah, I think it's 11 or 12. It's, it's a long time. That's for sure. So what have you seen change with bear archery over the years? And, uh, you know, what, what, what gets you excited for the future? Like I said earlier that I think their last four high end bows have been better than the one before. And for them to be able to keep doing that is amazing. But yeah, in the beginning, you know, they, they're the, the, the technology was, I don't want to say stagnant. It was just not quite what it is today. And they've got some, they must've put some people in research and development, marketing, you know, all areas of that company to work together and just keep making improvements. And then they keep coming out with more products. I mean, they've got drop away rests now that are as good as any on the market, great stabilizer systems, all that react technology, you know, they've got single pin sites and you buy those pro sites and there's very little plastic on them. They've got a lifetime warranty and they're just so well made that you almost will never have an issue with them. So between, you know, all the research and development production that they've put into the the products um, and then the marketing that they've been doing, it just seems like every year, they just get better and better with everything. And I'm really proud to work with them. And it's almost hard to even the products and the bows and the relationships and everything have improved so much the last four or five years that I can't even remember what it was like 12 years ago. Yeah. I can see that. Yep. That's exactly how it goes. And, you know, last year, 
you know, shoot, shooting their bows. I, I was on a rampage last year. We got an antelope at 84 yards in Montana, a three muleys and nine whitetails with my bear last year. It wow. was phenomenal here. What's yep. the, with the status, huh? Yep. Well, the, the last few were with uh, the, the new, the new model, the redemption. So as soon as that thing showed up in the, in the in the box at the shop i was anxious to get it out and try to get a few hunts with it so you know that that bear archery has kind of switched their their marketing uh scheme and slogan to the fred bear way uh what is when you hear the fred bear way a what does it mean to you and b what does it mean to be a part of the fred bear way it's absolutely awesome because as a kid you know i i remember as a kid you know if people were some of my friends were, you know, I want to be this athlete or that athlete. And I remember being a little kid playing around mocking Fred Bear, you know, like I want to be like Fred Bear and go hunt bow all over the place and do what that guy does. So since I was a kid, and especially being from Michigan, that's where Fred Bear is from. I mean, the the old Fred Bear Museum was in Grayling, which is probably about five, four and a half, five hours from where I live. I got to go in there as a teenager. It was pretty cool. Um and you know what else is kind of neat? You you may not know this, but my show, the first year my show aired, I got an email from Ted Nugent. And he just told me how much he likes the show. And he loves seeing guys from the Upper Peninsula of Michigan represent Michigan. And that he watched it all the time. And he thought very highly of it. And gave me his phone number and told me to give him a call. I give him a call. We get chit-chatting and just keeping in touch and he's like you know you can you want to take that my song fred bear you can make that your intro song if you want you can use it whenever you want in any show so those probably second third through six or seven years that was our intro that song was the that's awesome song. yeah it was really good and then you know we changed things up and i try to make a, a new intro about every three years um last year two years ago we wanted to tie the heritage of logging, which is very big up here. I live in, in very thick, dense forest land, and logging is a big part of our heritage, and I grew up around a lot of loggers. So I thought it'd be neat to incorporate that lifestyle and heritage into our intro. So we got together with a guy that's been a logger for about 60 years, 50 years at least, and uh, he was kind of the, the the character in our intro, and we blended that with the Northwoods and the hunting together, and uh, it, it turned out really good. I, I really like the way the intro looks right now. We'll probably change it up maybe in 22 for our 15th season or something. Awesome, man. Um, now, I got I got a product question for you. I see that you um, are a fan of the Garmin Instinct, um, which, which that's one of my favorite watches of all time. Uh, yep. I find myself going to it over my Garmin Phoenix 6 almost – every day um which is funny because you know you're looking at you know a 300 watch versus a 850 watch but i just love it um walk me through and and this this is just kind of a personal question because i'm interested how do you use that watch um while you're hunting um i can use it to track my steps um I, I don't really use it too much for hunting. I wear it because, uh, you know, phones die, get left behind, that kind of thing. Um, and I really like just to keep track of my heartbeat. And I guess during the summer and spring when I'm working out real hard, I like to know my steps and, you know, track some of my workouts. But I probably 
don't use this thing 25 more than 25 percent of its capabilities but i do like it a lot and it's waterproof i mean go swimming jump in the hot tub do whatever you want with it they're they're phenomenal uh watch that's for sure you know that's why i asked because um that's kind of how i feel is uh is i don't you it's such a versatile watch and you could literally use it for anything and, and oftentimes i don't even i feel like i i've never used it for its full um potential because you know now you've got you've got onyx built in in your phone at your fingertips um i've got my in reach i mean i i I just find myself hardly ever using it um to its maximum potential that's why i asked but uh so when it comes to um fred barry you know he was big on field notes share with me Share with me a field note you've learned over the years, just a quick little tip that I can take and put in my back pocket that'll make me a better hunter down the road. (laughs) Oh, there are a lot of them. Um, I would say always have a spare bow (laughs) with you on a trip. Um, I tell guys that we own an archery shop and, you know, guys buy bows and I hear them say, what do you think I can get for my old one? And I say, well, if you're not, hurting for a few hundred bucks i would keep that bow and make it a good spare you already have it it's got a sight and rest on it it's right there and this could be just a guy that gets two weeks off a year and he takes it off during the rut and goes to his hunting camp 40 miles from his house and you know i've been hauling one around for 30 years even before tv what happens if you know john doe is out at his deer camp hunting in the middle of nowhere and he cuts his string with a broadhead or drops it out of the tree and breaks his sight off or who knows what he can go right back in instead of missing a few days or even messing his whole trip up or rushing somewhere to buy a bow maybe not getting the one you want or um you know not even being able to get one um you got you go back into your cabin you grab your other bow take a couple shots climb up in the tree and you're still hunting you're not missing out my case i've been hauling it around 30 years and I've only used it three times, but two out of those three times I had a mishap during the middle of the day with my bow. I grabbed my spare and that evening killed an animal with it. So that's a very important thing to have with you. Yep. Especially when you drive over one with a suburban. (laughs) Yeah. That'll make all the difference in the world. Having it then. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What boat, what boat do you keep right now as your, uh, as your backup bow? I have the, my status from last year that put down so many animals, yeah. EKO, and then the Redemption's number one. I usually, honestly, there will be usually three of them in my tra- my hunting trailer when we're traveling. And that, All uh, of them set up identical, too. You know, the peeps are in the same spot, exact same rest, exact same stabilizer, exact same sight. Makes all the difference in the world. And that, uh, that status is one heck of a backup, bow. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Man, I'll tell you, I, I was incredibly impressed. Uh, we went down to South Texas this year uh, with Alec from Bear there, and uh, and he brought along with him one of those little legits, you know? And, yep. uh And we were shooting it out at the little range. Um, and uh, one of our guys that was with us, he's he's probably 6'4", 320, just a, a refrigerator of a man. And, uh, <laughs> and he was shooting that little bow. It looks so funny in his hands. Uh, because he's such a giant, that bow is so small, but that bow is shooting so good. And, and he's, you know, a 30 inch draw length and uh, we got it cranked down to 70 pounds and it's shooting so good that he's like, dude, I could take this out tonight and hunt with it. And, uh, 
And and that's what he's going to have as his backup bow. And and it's it's a bow that anybody can I mean you can go grab it for for two hundred bucks, three hundred bucks, fully set up, and your kids can shoot it all summer and uh and your wife can shoot it all summer, and then when it's time to roll on a, on a trip, you can sight it in for yourself and take it as a backup bow. So there's no excuse not to have one, uh, especially when it can when it can double all year long um for your kids and wife to shoot and, and have a good time with. So absolutely a, a fantastic tip and uh, i i always encourage people not only to have an extra bow but you know whatever and you can't really do it with a drop away because you can't tie tie a rest in when you're out in the middle of nowhere but uh you know have a have a whisker biscuit a second whisker biscuit tuned perfectly to your bow and uh, that way if anything happens with your rest you can bolt that whisker biscuit on and be ready to roll and yeah. uh you know have an extra set of sights have a have a I mean, have those things, have some dilute material uh, in your pack and, and be ready for those types of situations. Uh, plan for the worst um, and hope for the best. That's that's what I always say. Uh, but I will say this. I was impressed one time. I was running through southern Oklahoma, uh, and, and I mean running. We were after a, a saunter of pigs, and, and I was sprinting through the woods uh, with my with my bow in one hand and a camera in the other hand, and uh and I, my foot gets caught up in some barbed wire and I fall hard and all of my weight, uh, moving forward and falling was caught by my, by my react trio site. And I just thought, Lord, I'm done. Like, there's no way Like before I even looked at my sights, I'm like, crap, I've got to go resite in a bow. I've got to get, go get new sights on. And, uh, sure enough, the, the housing was loose. Um, it had, it had knocked the, knocked the 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 uh the two set uh bolts loose and so the housing was loose so i go back to the truck and uh tighten those back down get it lined back up and that site was good to go so um those trophy ridge sites are bomb proof but always have an extra set just in case um just in case something crazy happens um where can we watch hardcore pursuits oh we're on a number of platforms, um, you know, July through, uh, you know, the end of the year, it, we're on the Sportsman Channel, and we're airing about four to five times a week there. Every year, four of the airings kind of changes its time slot a little bit, but the one staple spot we've had forever is is, is in the Full Draw Friday. We're one of the last couple shows, and that comes on at 8.30 Central Time. That's a great spot. Um, they also have the platform My Outdoor TV. You can catch years and years of episodes there. And there's a lot on Vimeo and YouTube. Some stuff not authorized, but uh, hey, it's there. We're going to be working <laughs> on a um, our own YouTube channel with you know 15, 16 years of hunts, the short movies. We're, we're working on that right now. That should be pretty exciting when we're able to roll that out. And, you know, the other thing that, you, you know, our, the Hardcore Outfitters online store, there's, you know, 12 seasons of DVDs available there, too. So there's a lot of ways to catch up and watch a little HCP. Awesome, man. So uh, go check them out. Uh, follow them on social media. Uh, an awesome, awesome group of guys to follow on social media. I love I love the content you guys put out. So make sure and go follow them um, on all their social media accounts. Mike man from the bottom of my heart um thank you for your support of bear archery uh over 12 years now thank you for your support of trophy ridge uh, thank you for your support of sick uh, we know you're a huge proponent of sick 
and that makes me excited because I I too have have come to be a big fan uh, of the sick broadhead lineup and and uh, shooting the SK two out of my compound, shooting the F four out of my recurve, and uh, just falling in love with their entire line of of broadhead. So thank you for for uh, supporting SK two. And uh, before we go, I do need to give a quick thank you to our friends over at Three Rivers Archery. They're your one stop shop for anything traditional. Um, so whether you need some new arrows, some broadheads anything for your for your uh recurve and longbow setups they are the experts to help you figure out what you need and then they have the largest in stock uh supply of all those traditional needs so they have same day shipping uh to get you your stuff just as quick as possible uh so go check out three rivers archery i know i have personally blown up their customer service um just asking them questions about arrow setup, arrow tuning, whatever it may be. Uh, Fletchings was the most recent thing and, and just running through different feather configurations with them on the phone. Uh, so go check out three rivers, because they are a powerhouse of uh, traditional archery. Mike, man, thank you so much for coming on. I, uh, I wish you all the best of luck for your 2021 season and uh, can't wait to watch it unfold. My friend. All right. Thank you much. And hit me up anytime. <laughs>